You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Sex and relationship advice you can use tonight. Welcome to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. I'm Brandon Ware here with my lovely partner, Dr. Jess. Hey, hey, how's it going? I'm great, thanks. It's a vacation week for us. Yeah, I feel like the countdown has been on. I'm ready. I know. I think everyone thinks we're always on vacation. I know. I love that. But hey, we are going now and we're here. On a real vacation. And it's been a, it's been a little bit of a hectic ride. I was in San Diego last week and New York. And San Diego was such a cool project I was working on. I can't share any of the details, but I was working with Biofilm, the parent company of Astroglide Lubricants, on product innovation and ideation. And it was such an interesting session for me. I've never done anything like it. And it was two very full, very draining, but really exciting days of, you know, coming up with new ideas. In addition to that, you also had that Reddit AMA that blew up. And I got to tell you that one answer, that that one answer to the question about if, what was it? If God created me in his image, why is my G-spot in my ass? And what was your response? Because treasure hunts are fun. Treasure hunts are fun. I love that that's your highlight from the AMA. So a little bit of context (laughs) on Reddit. They have Ask Me Anything sessions. And I hosted an Ask Me Anything session also with Astroglide uh, last Friday. And it blew up. We actually made the front page of Reddit, which is a pretty big deal. And I I haven't gone back and checked to see how many comments there were. But if I would take a quick peek right now, I don't know about thousands, but there were definitely over a thousand. So people asked me a lot of questions and I couldn't keep up right now. There are about 1600 comments on there. And I love that the one question Brandon remembers is the treasure hunt one, because I took a lot of time with these questions. I crafted these really long answers on everything from porn addiction to how to deal with, you know, deviant attraction and deviant desires. And I use the word deviant, you know, in a, in a cultural sense. We were talking about reporting. We were talking about safer sex. We were talking about communication. But Brandon's favorite one is the treasure hunt in your butt. Well, you're very scientific, very clinical, very professional. And I'm sitting here looking at the answer, envisioning a pirate. Yar, because treasure hunts are fun. I did have a pirate in mind. Sometimes when the questions get repetitive or you know, a little bit silly, or even really heavy, there's a part of me that just wants to write four words. <laughs> A-N-A-L. Do you mean four letters? No, words. Words. I, I wrote yeah. them right out. E-H, because I'm Canadian, eh? Oh, yeah. oh, my God. N-E-N-E-H-E-L. I wrote them right out for somebody because they were... Yeah, because it just went on and on. Anyhow, you can check out that AMA on Reddit, it's called National Orgasm Day is next week to celebrate. Dr. Jess Astroglide's resident sexologist is here to answer your questions. AMA. And it was really interesting and it's uh, it's cool to do some of those, those public Q&As because it gives you an idea and lets you kind of take a pulse of where people are at and what's on their minds. Speaking of public... What's on the docket for today? Oh, good one, Brandon. You should see his smile. He's so happy. So this is a quickie because we're on vacation. Yeah. And this person asks, I may be weird, but I want to have sex in public. How can I convince my wife to fulfill 
this fantasy. My, my question is, how public is public? Well, I think that depends, and that's, that's what my kind of advice or insights center around. How can you make it public but also make it safe? Now, whenever somebody asks me, how do I convince my partner, I always want to begin with the reminder that you don't really convince your partner. You can present, you can offer, you can propose, and then you have a dialogue to see if it's a good fit. And, you know, public sex is a common fantasy. It carries an element of risk. And, of course, risk heightens excitement and desire and passion and even intimacy. And that only works if you balance the risk to ensure personal safety. And I was thinking about risk last week. While I was in San Diego, I was with Justin Lay Miller, who is also a sex researcher and author of a quite, quite a popular book on sexual fantasies, Tell Me What You Want. He's been on the podcast in the past talking about sexual fantasies and cuckolding. And he and I, we worked together for years. I've probably worked with him for at least seven years, but I've never met him in person. So it was really cool to connect. And after our session with Astroglide, we went for a quick hike and we kind of got pretty personal talking about our own relationships, our own sex lives. And one of the things we were talking about was degree of desire for risk. So I'm definitely in need of more risk than you. Would you say that's true? I'm, I'm a little less risk adverse. I, you're risk adverse? No, I'm, I'm less risk adverse. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I misheard you. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not as risky as you. Yeah, you're not sure. as big of a risk taker. No, I'm not. You've never almost died in a desert alone on a hike. Yeah, this is mind-blowing. You go for a hike and then an hour later you realize you're not on the trail and you're in the middle of the desert. It's true. I got stuck out there for a few hours just outside of Red Rock Canyon in the desert heat near Las Vegas. Yeah, that's not... Like, it's funny now, but it wasn't funny at the time. I was all by myself and I got lost for really a couple hours. So I got to the point where I was building little inukshucks, little piles of rocks so that I could recognize my way back. And I got lucky because after a few hours, I found a cyclist and he kind of set me back on the track. But yeah, I ran out of water. I My cell phone was dying. So I'm not suggesting that that's a good thing. I, I do regret that decision, but I'm here to tell the story. And I definitely don't take those types of risks if I can avoid them anymore. I'm a little bit more careful when I'm hiking about not hiking alone. But if even if we just go to overall life and then also to sex, I think I have a higher desire for risk than you. I would agree. And that doesn't mean that it's better or worse. We just have different risk-seeking thresholds and personalities. And when it comes to public sex, often the thrill is about risk. So you'll want to consider how much risk you desire versus how much risk your partner desires so that you can find a balance. And, you know, I, I talk often about the fact that the formula for a lasting, happy, exciting relationship involves cultivating so much love, so much safety, so much trust, so much respect. You, you build that as your foundation, that everything is so safe that you can actually do things. You can engage in behaviors that feel risky or in fact are risky because you have that foundation and public sex is sort of an example of not only one way to inject that passion into your relationship and excitement again but also it's an example of how you have to balance safety with risk so you know you can get in trouble for having sex in public yeah. there are places you shouldn't be doing it i think it's really important to remember first and foremost that not everyone consents to watching or hearing you have sex. So you've got to be mindful 
and respectful of other people's boundaries. So, for example, if you were to go shopping with your child or your younger sibling, you don't want to hear a couple having sex in the next fitting room. If, if you go for a walk with your grandmother, you don't expect to see a couple getting it on behind a tree in a park. And so you have to experiment with elements of public sex without exposing yourself to non-consenting parties. So you want to think about the time, the place, the lighting, other logistics as you explore this fantasy because, you know, a public park or parking lot at 3 a.m., is not the same as, you know, going to a playground at two in the afternoon. So Playground period. Or playground, (laughs) you know, 3 a.m. Listen, I'll be clear. I'm not suggesting you break any laws. That's up to you to figure out. I have no legal background. And so I think the first piece here is to remember that you do not have to have sex in front of a crowd in order to have public sex, in order to benefit from the thrill. So there are strategies you can undertake to make sure that you are safe, you have that foundation of safety, but it also feels risky. So for example, you might just have sex on your own property, on the balcony or in your yard in the dark, (laughs) and you'll enjoy the thrill of being outdoors and the threat of being watched or caught, but you can also control the degree of actual exposure. You can always slip back inside at any point in time. No pun intended. (laughs) Right. And if your partner isn't 100% into this, this might be a good balance or foray because you can get it on for a few minutes out there and then you can slip back inside. Or if your partner's uninterested, you could engage in solo sex outside. That's true. Again, being mindful that you do never, you never want to expose yourself to non-consenting parties because I think when people think of solo sex outside, they think of being flashed or being harassed and you don't want to be doing that. And you know, that's, that's just, there's no humor there. No, I was thinking more about somebody on their private balcony um, partaking in a little solo afternoon delight where no one's going to catch you. So maybe I take that back. Well, I think the evening might be better. At least it's darker. Listen, I'm not <laughs> going to tell you specifics. What I'm saying is, and this this applies to all fantasies, whether it's having sex in public or having a threesome with fairies in the forest, you often have to pick out pieces of that fantasy as opposed to expecting to live that fantasy out in its entirety. So you might, for instance, have sex in the car or in a single stall restroom or in a private fitting room. And I think it's also important to remember that if you're going to have sex in public, please expand your definitions of sex. Do not get hung up on one type of sex, whether that's penis and vagina or penis and mouth. Hey, maybe there's no penises at all. You know, time and space don't always allow for every type of sex. So get your quickie on using your hands, your lips, your tongues, and even toys. And in fact, WeVibe just came out with a new toy called the Moxie. And it's a panty vibe. You can wear it in your panties and it has a little magnet on the outside to hold it in place. And, you know, you can give the, the remote control or the app over to your partner so they have the reins of control. So first of all, consider your own property or semi-public areas. Consider the time, the place, the lighting. Expand your definitions of sex. And remember this too. You don't have to finish, meaning you don't have to have an orgasm. I know there's no universal finish line for sex, but I think a lot of people get pretty hung up on reaching orgasm as the goal. But instead of striving to climax in a public space, why not consider just getting started in public with like dirty talk or discreet touching or sexting or rubbing through clothing under the table and other activities. And then you can go back to your private space for the ones that 
require more bodily contortions and getting naked and all that fun stuff. And, and then finally, if, if you've done all these things or they've worked out for you or you just don't want to take the risk because, again, we don't want you breaking laws. Well, we don't want you getting caught. <laughs> but go to a sex club. Go to a place where public sex is allowed and you can enjoy the thrill of exhibitionism without the risk of violating anyone else's consent. Now, that doesn't mean you can do everything and anything everywhere in a sex club, but you figure out the rules and what's allowed and you ask questions. And what I love about a sex club is that many of them actually have private rooms. Yeah, you can be watched or you can watch or be watched. Right. And you and I have slipped into private rooms. For an example, we went to a private room at Miami Velvet. Do you remember that club? It was near the airport in Miami. Oh, I remember. And it wasn't so private, was it? Yeah. Somebody busted in. And then I had to full on push him out or shut the door. It was actually really weird. Yeah, it's actually a very bad example and an example of, of very, very poor etiquette. In fact, a consent violation at a sex club. And I would say that this is more exceptional than normal, but I think it's important to talk about the exceptions because when we talk about fringe sexual behaviors or fringe sexual identities, so for example, public sex or people who have sex at sex clubs or kink, we tend to only talk about these topics in an idealized way. And in fact, they're not perfect. When we say kink is consensual, yes, good kink is consensual, but within the kink community, there are consent violators because there are human beings. And so this person, this wasn't a, a kinky person, I'm just using that as an example, because we often talk about kink in I idealized ways as well within the kink community. But this was a lifestyle club, meaning it was many people who were in non-monogamous relationships, uh, open relationships, swinging relationships. I would say it was a lot of swingers, and this night single men were allowed. And this guy kept knocking on the door and we kept locking, closing it. And I think I did lock it, but for some reason he was able to open it. And he kept opening it to the point that I remember you stood up and put your hand on the door and kind of yelled at him. It's unfortunate because, you know, these spaces really allow people to expand their horizons. And we are focusing in on something that maybe wasn't the most positive experience but in that case we had been somewhere a private room where just you and i mm -hmm. um were meant to be and that violation it was irritating it was and i had to say something and once i said something uh the problem resolved itself but the fact that i had to on multiple occasions mm -hmm. was what was difficult right so the rules in a sex club are the same as the rules outside of a sex club you don't do things without a hundred percent consent. You don't do things and then ask later. You ask first. And so it's true. We are bringing up a, a specific violation. And, and it's scary because you were there and you're 200 pounds. But I imagine, imagine if I had been with a female partner or and not that there aren't women who are as big as you, but a little one like me. Mm -hmm. And it can be very intimidating and scary. And it might sour and color our experience in a way that we might never want to go back. Now, I want to say that's not typical. For example, we've been in private rooms at Oasis Aqua Lounge and never experienced anything like that. Even in public spaces at most clubs, people are, you know, very open in their communication. They'll even, if you're on a bed, they'll come and say, can we join you? And you might say, no, yes, join in. Or you might say, yeah, go ahead and take that half of the bed. Or you might say, sure, join us, but no touching. So there are different ways to have public sex and even group sex without touching new partners. 
Yeah, I think there's this idea that if you go to those establishments, those clubs, that it's just going to be absolute mayhem and and you know craziness, and it doesn't have to be. No, I, but it's nice if it is sometimes. Sometimes it is crazy. Yeah, but you've you've said a number of things that I think really resonate with me. The idea of having for years you've been talking about having that foundation, having that security within your own relationship, so that. When the idea does come up and one of your one of the partners in a relationship does express a desire or an interest, that level of security is there that you can, if nothing else, just have the conversation. And when you brought this to my attention years ago, I thought that's really what it is, is if you have this foundation, you can start exploring new ideas. And even if it just stops there, at least you're comfortable engaging in that dialogue that may open your mind to a few new, interesting, exciting ideas. Uh, and, and in this relationship, you and I also like very much the idea of, of um, the man being the more risk-taking person. And I have to kind of own it that I'm not in this relationship. And you know what? I'm okay with that. Do you know what we call him? <sighs> we call him Captain Safety. I thought you were going to say Grandpa B. We also call him Grandpa B because he likes dried fruit. And Jess is safety third. Safety third, people. Safety third. Except when it comes to safer sex, practice safer yeah, sex. Hiking, sure. safety fourth. Did I ever tell you recently that I was up at Bloor and Church? Mm-hmm. And as I was walking... That's an intersection, uh, intersection in, Toronto. in Toronto. Yeah, and I was walking to my Spanish class. Hola, amigos. I'm going to stop there because that's about what I know. And Camino a mi clase de español. Sí, sí. Camino. I don't know. <laughs> no puedo hablar mucho. <laughs> and I can't conjugate in the past tense, only in the present. Exactly. <laughs> but as I walked to my class at 7 o'clock in the evening or 7.30, there was a couple behind a church who were partaking in a little mid-evening delight. And uh, I it was caught me off guard. And I kind of just moseyed by. What were they doing? He was sitting on um, just just on a bench mm-hmm. and feeling her. He was grabbing her. Okay. Was she facing him? Or she was facing. Away? She was sitting on his lap, facing him. I did, I'm and trying to get a visual here. You could. It was. It was escalating real quick. Like, was she? Was he penetrating her? Um, I think it. I didn't stick around to make it weird. I just kept walking to my Spanish class. But I'm pretty sure that it escalated to that rather quickly. I'm thinking about our lives and the wildest places we've had sex. Yeah, we've done some crazy stuff. The, Even just you and I. The riskiest place for sure. And I don't know if you're going to agree with me on this. I think I know what you're going to say. And I do not recommend you try this at not home, at kids. All. We were young and dumb. We that were on the Gardner Expressway, which is our highway here, free, freeway, and I guess you were driving. That's kind of embarrassing. To, not embarrassing, but that's dangerous. That's just straight up. I would never recommend that to anyone. No. And it was terrible for you, wasn't it? Well, I mean, it was great, but it's hard to concentrate when that's going on and you're driving on the highway. I should have pulled over immediately. Well, there was nowhere to pull over. It's a downtown highway. No, and it was after a late night out. Oh, I, was it a nighttime thing? Yeah. Okay, because Brandon doesn't really drink. I don't I, really drink, yeah. so... Clearly I did. Uh, yeah, and I think that's <laughs> what happened is you were quickly in the mood, and I wasn't exactly stopping you, but I there wasn't a turnoff that I could get to quick enough. And um, yeah, I would not recommend that 
but it was certainly probably the, the riskiest thing that we've ever yeah. done. But I thought you didn't really like it. Like I, I felt yeah, like it was just, I just got mine and then things. hopped off. Yeah, there was too many things going on. Yeah. I'm trying to think of, about other kind of wild places. I know the woods and the woods is especially wild for Brandon and for us because we live in the city. We're such city slickers. So we're like, ooh, a tree. <laughs> more than six trees it's a forest forest yes certainly on the beach we've never done it in an airplane no i feel like it's just not like it's just too much you don't you you should rent one of those planes and go up and please do you don't go in small planes no that's the other thing is you know yeah let's get in i've been in a two-seater plane before and not my cup of tea no plus we need a pilot in a two-seater yeah I don't think we'll ever do it in a commercial airliner for two reasons. I don't want to get arrested. Mm, I mean, a little arrest isn't the end of the world, Brandon. <laughs> Come on. They're air marshals. Are they even real cops? Me, I'll probably be tasered. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would be the one tasered for sure. But number one, I wouldn't do it in the bathroom because they're too dirty. Yes, you are Although, German. So on Emirates in the shower room, so on Emirates Airlines... I have points to upgrade the next time I fly if a seat is available to have an, have a shower and you should come for that trip. But you only get five minutes of water in the shower. That's plenty. We can do it a couple times. Do it three times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't think we'll ever do it in an airplane unless it's a private jet. And if anyone wants to donate their private jet <laughs> to our <laughs> mile-high fantasies. Well, Brandon doesn't have a mile-high fantasy. Do you not. do not love no. flying. Not my favorite method of transportation. And is there any place you'd like to try it? Um, you know what? There's something really nice just about being alone and on the beach. Mm. I don't like just being outside in the outdoors. Mm. I don't necessarily need anyone to be around. There's something very liberating about just the ocean breeze and being outside and not caring. I think it's because you've never experienced sandy vagina. Yeah, I've had sandy butt. Mm, sandy anus is a bit different. Yeah. Yeah. So I like the idea of a beach too, but I really, Desire kind of spoiled me with their big beach beds because they're built up on four posts and there's not really any sand in there. Yeah. That was also like 10, 12 years ago. Yeah. Now the beach is too crowded to it's really way too many people. get it on. Yeah. yeah. And in the ocean, I think is, is a yeah. fantasy for a lot of people. The only thing is all that salt water and yeah. the water washes away your lubrication. And if you're at Desire, you could do it in uh, on their rooftop, at the the rooftop of their um, the jacuzzi area. They have all those beds up there. People are engaging. Yeah, we did it once there, and you got a round of applause. I didn't even know people yeah. were watching. Okay, we're taking it back to us, but this is not about us. It's about this person who wants to have sex in public. So just to recap, be aware of all consenting parties, including people who can see and hear you. Consider half kind of one foot in the door one foot out the door so your balcony a car single stall restrooms consider non-penetrative sex other types of sex don't get hung up on orgasm and really if you have the opportunity please go to a sex club yeah just be smart be safe be aware of people around you so that you're not like you said um, imposing your activities on them unknowingly yeah and and because this question began with how do i convince my wife i just again really want to reiterate that you Present it to your partner and please pull out the elements of the fantasy that actually appeal to you. Do you like the idea of being watched? 
Do you like the idea of getting caught? Do you like the, the feel of the, you know, breeze on your skin? Because you can have some of those elements without having sex in front of a crowd. Agreed. Yeah, so always looking at the thematic elements of your fantasies and the underlying feelings, I find, will not only help you to better convey what it is you're looking for to your partner, but I think also increase the likelihood that they'll say yes because they don't have to say yes to the full scenario but to elements of it alone we're going to stop there because this was a quickie thank you so much to desire resorts for your ongoing support of this podcast and i just want to clarify that i do sometimes bring up my experiences at desire in the organic flow of the podcast but that's not because they're the sponsor it's actually because my experience at desire has been so central yeah so central to shaping our relationship and sex life and it's not the resort per se it's the experience of being in a space that's so different than you know what you're used to in everyday life so the conversation around desire is organic but also they are our sponsors so check them out at desire experience wherever you're at i hope you have a great one we'll be back next friday with a new episode You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Improve your sex life. Improve your life.